Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Feedback and Insights, Sheer number 58. We're going to talk about a certain aspect of love, which is to be unconditional. That is, why do you love your wife? Why do you love your husband? And um, sometimes it's what we call a havash hatluya bedavar, a hava that's connected with um, with something, um, whether physical attribute or amida. Uh, some would mention, men would mention, why do they love their wives? They may mention their wife's beauty or a sense of humor or her kindness or inner strength or that she cooks well or she has a knack of de- de- decorating or uh, her, her mothering skills or organization skills. Uh, Women may say something about their husband's good looks or about his personality or about his steadiness or his consistent character or that he's there, loyal or generous or helpful. And of course, all these things are important. It's important to know that even though it works like similar to the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klal Yisrael, period. He loves Eden. But yeah, we know that there are tkufais, there are periods in, 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 in through the history of Kal Yisrael when Hashem was very happy with us and sometimes less so. And uh, it's expressed in various ways. But the etzem, ahava, is always there. Um, but so the same thing over here the, the, the unconditional love aspect of a marriage. By saying that and by believing that, that does not mean and does not take away the responsibility that each one, the husband and wife individually, have to each other to behave the best way they can behave. In other words, you cannot say, uh, you know, because my wife is supposed to love me unconditionally, I could act in a despicable manner. Or a wife saying, because my husband's supposed to love me unconditionally, I could um, behave in a real demeaning way. Of course not. But what it means, though, is that ultimately, everyone is a human being and has their ups and downs and better moments and less better moments. And it's important that over, through everything, through thick and thin, that you, your, your love and your ahava and your loyalty remains steady, remains constant. An etzem ahava. And how does that happen? That's really connecting to a neshama that does not get um, hurt by any external thing or by any external event. We know that that's true even with, like in the relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, about Averis. The Averis, even as they exist, even pre-Tshuva, things that have to be fixed, yes, but it's still an external thing. The soul itself is an Akuda that's pure and always pure. Like the Shia Shirim talks about it, how uh, don't say I'm, I'm, I'm black and burnt because the it's the sun that burnt me, meaning intrinsically I am a fear and I'm beautiful, but I was exposed, and that's what caused it. So ultimately, it is true that in marriage, each one needs to work on their character, 
and not rely on saying, oh, my spouse is supposed to love me unconditionally and I could behave any way I want. That's not what we mean here. But what we do mean, though, is, is that ultimately people have their ups and downs and they're human beings. Everyone has chesreinus. And it's important that no matter what, that your loyalty stays the same, your dedication stays the same, and your ahava stays the same regardless. And, you you know, to say to your wife, I no longer love you, uh, means that I really never loved you unconditionally to begin with. And it was based on a feeling or circumstance rather than a commitment. And what Hashem wants, on the v'hoyu v'davak be'ishtay v'hoyu l'basar echad, that's a commitment. They're one. They struggle together. They work on the ups and downs together. And there is a certain ahava that remains unchanged and gets even stronger as time goes on. And it's important sometimes, by the way, that for no other reason, let's say you're, you're, you're both may not be in your best behavior right now or in the best mood, or you may, you know, you may think there's nothing special right now going on, but spontaneously, you do something out of the ordinary today for your husband or for your wife, something that proves to you and to them that you love them, and you love them because HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose them for you, and period, there's nothing else, and you do those things, you help her or you help him, and do something special for them, not because you're prompted, not because it's a birthday today or anniversary today. And sometimes that's very important, by the way. It's very important to sometimes show a gesture of love, totally unexpected, not because... Sometimes, yes, sometimes it's good also to... Well, let's say when you're, you know your husband or your wife did something very special for you, and you have a car satai, so you buy a gift or do something for them to express to, to, and then you write a note, let's say, and I appreciate so much that you did for me. Here's a gesture of a thank you. Of course that's wonderful. But what I'm saying now is even when for no other reason, just spontaneous, you know, not because it's a Shabbos or a Yantiv, not because of it's, it's a birthday, just out of the blue. You 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 decide to either buy something for your husband and wife or do something special for them, because I love you. Why? No special reason, not because of anything that happened today or yesterday or the other day, but simply because you're my wife and you're my husband and I love you. It's very important. Also, it says you uh, in the Rambam you love um, your wife like yourself and you're mechabedem even more than yourselves. And um, it's very, very important to do that, to, to, to cherish your, your spouse and realize that they're not changeable. They're ind- indispensable. And um, no matter how, it, in our culture, when marriage has some difficulties, we live in an age where everything is discardable. You know, similar to the fact if you have a, if you have a, a, a car and you're putting a lot of money into it and at some point you say, you know, this is too much expensive repairs and you just get rid of the car and you spend your funds on a new car, that's reasonable. 
and but people treat their marriage like that, you know. Uh, they're they they're putting in kaiches and they get frustrated and they say it's not working. Okay, I'll get myself a new wife. I'll get myself a new husband. Get divorced. Find something somebody else. Like replacing a part, and that's not healthy. It's similar to someone, let's say an engineer, who accidentally crushed his hand in a piece of equipment. And he goes to the hospital and gets it x-rayed and sees that many bones are broken. And no matter how frustrated he is and in pain he is, he would use all his savings to have it corrected, doctored, placed in a cast, nurse it back to health for however many months it takes. And that's the way it works in a marriage too. You take care of it. If something got injured, something got hurt, you 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 still feel you're part of one another, and you wouldn't cut off your hand if you it was injured, but rather you would pay for the surgery or for the therapy or whatever's needed to get your hand to be functional again in the best possible way with the best possible medical treatment, because your hand is priceless to you. It's part of who you are. Similarly, your marriage. It's a beautiful, beautiful arrangement made by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, joining two lives together as one, not just in a physical way, but it's in a spiritual plane, it's an emotional plane. It's not just sharing the same house or the same bed or the same last name. You become Mamish One, you know, and, and that you feel the simcha of one another. If you're Matzliach in your job, your wife also rejoices. If, if your wife had a great day, with something, you rejoice in the fact that they had a great day, even if you may have not had a hard day. That happens sometimes, you know, through the tukufais in life. He goes to work, he had a very, very hard day. She took off the day or did whatever she had to do, had spent time with her friends and had a wonderful day. And you don't feel any ill will from the fact that despite your hard day, she didn't have a hard day too. You're happy that she had a good day. And you feel for each other in your joy. And when it's the other way around also, you both feel it when one of you are, is in pain or feels disappointed about something. And you help each other. And you build with each other. And the idea of cherishing is to make a person feel warm and welcome. Like, like Lahavdal, a new mother, picks up a child, nurses it, takes care of it. And a tender affection, a careful attention. And in a certain level, a husband and wife, they're adults, they're not children, but they need to cherish each other in that way. Life in general, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, without you accepting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, guiding every single step, sometimes could seem cold, seem unpredictable, very stressful, which can wear us all down. A marriage is a relationship that could be sometimes hard. We go through the various seasons in marriage. Sometimes there's winter seasons, sometimes there's summer seasons. And um, we must do everything we can, no matter what season we're in, to step in and show an expression of ahava and warm the life of your husband or your wife. That's what cherishing really means. And we talked about it before. It's not just a sexual thing, but even touching your husband or wife in non-sexual ways 
or meaning not necessarily leading to sexual intercourse, but holding her hand, patting her back, putting an arm around her, things like that, nourishing warmth, affection, show love to your husband and to your wife. And by doing that, you're showing love to yourself as well. The opposite, unfortunately, is just as true. When you mistreat your husband or wife, the truth is you're mistreating yourself. Because your lives are so interwoven together, and that's the way Hashem wants it to be, then that means that your husband or wife cannot experience joy or pain without it also affecting you. So when you attack your husband or, or wife, you're really attacking yourself. It's like attacking your own body. You don't see it that way. Because right now, your ego shows as that you're distinct from your husband and your wife. So you yell at them, you scream at them, but really you're hurting yourself. And what we need to do is to allow love and the way Hashem wants it, to let that change your mode of thinking. To think that your husband and wife now are part of you, like your hand is part of you, like your eye is part of you, like your heart is part of you. And she too needs to be loved and needs to be cherished. And if she's broken in any way, if there are issues that are causing her pain or frustration, you nourish it, you cherish her, you take care of it, just like you would take care of a bodily injury. If Halila, you hurt yourself, you would take care of that injury. If your wife is hurt, you nourish her and you take care of her hurt and her injury. Same thing if he is wounded in some way. And you, as a wife, you think of yourself as the way to bring warmth and healing to your husband's life. And if you yourself would have an injury, you would work on, 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 on if you had an infection, Khalila, on your foot, you would put on the creams and you would take care of it, um, you know, remove weight from it, when whatever ne- is necessary. And when your husband is hurt, whether physically or emotionally, you do the same thing. You work towards healing. You work, work towards growth. It's important to treat your spouse's physical body with respect and to cherish it like it's your own. And you don't make them feel foolish. You don't make them feel embarrassed. Just like you guard your safety and well-being for your own body, you treasure your husband and wife the same way. And that's how you do it. You love each other. You treat her well. And you speak highly of her. You treat him well. You speak highly of him. And you nourish and cherish each other. And that's another idea to talk about and think about. How can you warm your heart, the heart of your spouse today, and find ways to bring that warmth in this cold world that we could sometimes be in, and we don't allow that coldness to enter our lives, not into our private lives whatsoever. So the two Yesaidas we spoke about thus far in this particular shear is number one is, although there is certain aspects of love that maybe seem conditional, but nevertheless there are times, and in general you need to know, with all the ups and downs, that there's an aspect of marriage that needs to be continuous and sustainable 
and that I have it needs to always be there. That commitment needs to be there, whether there's a ups, whether there's a downs, whether there's springs or summers or winters, a fall, all through all seasons. And sometimes you need to do something uh, out of the ordinary today for your husband or your wife, not because they earned it, not because anything special is happening, just as an expression to show your love to them. That I'm happy I'm married to you. And I'm a lucky person. I'm very fortunate that I'm married to you. That's one side we talked about. The aspect of unconditional love, just like Hashem Be'etzim loves us unconditionally. And also to cherish your husband and your wife in their emotional state, in their physical state. And that part of that is recognizing that your husband and wife are indispensable. And the care you have for one another goes a very long way. Another aspect, which we'll talk now a little bit as well, is not to always want to win an argument. When you really love the other person, you let the other person win arguments sometimes. Even when you disagree, or you may see saying something differently. And the stubbornness, unfortunately, all of us suffer from that from time to time. It's a standard feature, both on the husband's side and the wife's side. We defend our rights, we defend our opinions. That's part of our nature. But in a marriage relationship, that sticking up to your rights, quote-unquote, all the time, it steals away from time and productivity, causes great frustration for the both of you. Now, sometimes stubbornness is a good thing. It's not always a bad thing. Like we talked about many times, every meter could be used for good. We talk about in the Torah where it says by Klai Yisrael that they're Kshay which according to the simple meaning of the words, it seems like it's a negative thing. Every time it says Kshay it seems to be when HaKadosh Baruch was frustrated with Klai Yisrael, Hashem just said that they're Kshay But as the Bepharshim explain, and as the, 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 the deeper meaning of Torah explains, that that very aspect is their tremendous Maila. That there is a certain strongness in them. There's a certain um, aspect in them that is so strong and undefeatable coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that does not change and is not willing to um, bend by, with uh, the winds of, of whatever is blowing at that time based on moods, based on cultures, based on experience. We actually survived our gullus of 2,000 years because and beyond because of this because we are stubborn to our beliefs, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and dedication. So the idea of being somewhat or stubborn very often is not a negative thing. And you know, sometimes when you put a priority in your house, Ashkafa of Taira or in Midais or certain like that, and you place a certain priority there in Ashkafa, that's not necessarily a negative thing. But nevertheless, in general, the Chazal say that you need to be rachkekonna. Rachkekonna. And not to be koshekeres. To allow things to bend. To yield. To give in. To be flexible. To be humble. And to grow that way. And don't say, oh, I'll lose a fight. You know, 
And that's, you know, to, especially to husbands sometimes, a man, it's sort of a, a break in his ego if he has to admit that he made a mistake or he didn't handle something right. And he needs to know how to swallow his pride and appreciate your spouse's sense of worth and value. And it's okay sometimes to say you're wrong. And say sometimes, you know something, I said something that was, it got personal, I hurt your feelings, and I shouldn't have done that. Something that you may never admit to your friend, or you may never admit at work, uh, to your coworker, or to employer, or to employee, for many, many reasons. But with your husband and your wife, you can't do that. You have to realize when you did something wrong, to say, I did it wrong, I'm sorry, and bend, and be flexible. So again, it's a balance to know when, yeah, when not. But very often, and this is what you really think about, many, many things, many, many things, it's really no big deal. The argument or whatever you both disagree with on is not a big aspect. It's not a big deal if you win. It's not a big deal if you lose. It's not a big deal if it happens this way or that way. And in, that, and, ver- and in those situations, it's very important to demonstrate your love by willingly choose to give in in an area of disagreement between you and your husband or between you and your wife. At some point, it's very important to say, you know something, we, we talked about it, we disagree, but we'll put your preference in first. And you need this comes up so many times. Where are we going to be for Shabbos? Where are we going to go for vacation? Um, you know, and and so on and so forth. And you got to really think in the scheme of things. You know, is it something really, really important? Really not. You know, sometimes it's a real, uh, uh, you know, extremely important uh, hashkafa type of thing. And you may need to both decide, I'm going to go to a rav or an outside person and let them help us, guide us with this uh, disagreement that we have. That's fine. But very often we know that a lot of these disagreements are based on pettiness and very small things, or something that bothers you at the time, but really in the scheme of things, looking back, it really won't make much of a difference. So that is another aspect that's very important. So again, we talked about this in all these recent feedbacks, that if husbands and wives work on these aspects together, of what we talked about in prior feedbacks and in this feedback, that really is a tremendous thing, that both of them work together towards these things, the loving unconditionally that we spoke about, giving something unprompted as a gift to your husband and wife to show appreciation, uh, to cherish your husband and wife, to honor them more than yourself, to let them sometimes win an argument, say you're wrong when you're wrong, be machnia, and humble yourself, all these things. But again, as we said before, even if right now it seems like only one partner seems invested, only one, per, one of the two is invested in their marriage, but if they quietly do these things of what we describe here, it'll ultimately, 90 plus percent of the time, you'll see that your husband or your wife that initially was not invested will become invested, will see the difference, will notice it and reciprocate. And if that doesn't happen, you still grow and you become a much happier, calmer, peaceful person by exhibiting these behaviors. And by these show really 
a tremendous character strength in a person. And um, usually, like we said, it heals marriages, it heals relationships, and may Hashem help that um, all homes in Klai Yisrael should be full of shalom and ahava and achva and shalom and reyes, and um, may Hashem help um, that all broken hearts could be healed and wounds can be healed. And not only that, as we know, that any time one crosses through a difficult situation or situations and they pull through on the other side, it becomes even greater and stronger. And may Hashem help that that connection with husband and wife should be an eternal strong connection representing the connection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us, the Bnei Yisrael. Have a wonderful day.